0: The Ohio Harness Horseman's Association presents Top of the Stretch, a podcast that looks at harness racing in the Buckeye State. Hello again, everyone, and thanks for joining us for this edition of Top of the Stretch. My name is Frank Fraz. I am the Outreach and Public Relations Coordinator for the Ohio Harness Horseman's Association. And joining me today is Kathy Green, an equine specialist with Centera Co-op. And Kathy, welcome to Top of the Stretch.
1: Good morning, Frank. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, this is a, a very unique time with the pandemic and people trying to care for their horses, and as part of that, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about, uh, in the past, ulcers on horses, and today we're going to talk about the feed program for horses, and, you know, we're in a tough time, and some people might be having trouble you know, making ends meet, and they're considering changing feed uh, that they can afford. So when, when a horseman is going through that, what should they consider when they're going to think about maybe changing feed for a horse?
1: Yeah, that is a great question, especially, like you said, during this pandemic, um, changes are inevitable. Um, we, we want to make sure that when we are considering changing the horse's feed, that what are the horse's needs? Um, one other thing we want to look at are what are your goals for changing feed? Do we need to work on weight gain? Do we need to work on weight loss? Um, is it due to um, economics that we can no longer provide the top quality feed, but we still want to consider the horse's health? So when I do that, I always look at what the determination is, what the horse's needs are. Once we can figure that in, we can actually put together a feeding program for the barn or for the individual horse and what we do is we come out and we evaluate the horses we do body condition scores and really make sure that we tailor this for the horse's needs.
0: What are some of the different needs that a horse might have now I know in training you're looking for you know, a high energy feed because you've got that. But what if you're, you're not in training right now? Maybe you've pulled back a little bit. Um, what are the things that you consider then?
1: Absolutely. And so what we want to do is, unfortunately, during this downtime, a lot of the shows are not going to be happening this summer, and we are having racing that is not um, happening, unfortunately. So what we have to do is we have to look at, does my horse need – all these calories that I'm giving him now while we have them turned out in pasture or we are not working them um, at the volume that we normally do. So that's when we really look at what specific feed is going to need that, meet that horse's needs. How does
0: changing a horse's feed affect their digestive health? I know in a, in a human, if you change your diet a little bit, you know, you might have some
1: issues. No, absolutely right. Consistency is going to be one of the most important factors in changing a horse's feed up and not upsetting the digestive system. When we go to change a horse's feed from one product to another, what you want to do is you want to make sure that is a gradual change. I always like to work with a four to seven days for small changes and up to three weeks for a radical change. And what I mean that is when we're having to take maybe a horse that is on a, um, you know, like a 1300 calorie feed and move it all the way up to a 1900 calorie, that is a lot to introduce to a horse. So we want to make sure that the gradual change is in place and that we are going to be able to support that horse as well. One of the Things I also kind of a general rule of thumb is I don't ever want to feed a horse more than 5% of his body weight per meal. So when people go to change, let's say we need to add weight to a horse, they think they just need to dump a bunch of feed into the horse's feed bucket twice a day, but that's actually not a very healthy way to do it. You really need to not exceed one pound per day for each horse in the change.
0: What about if your horse is a picky eater and doesn't want to eat?
1: <laughs> what do you do then? Oh, my gosh. And we we do come across that a lot. We come across that in um, horses that are getting older or they're coming off of a sickness um, or just, just finicky racehorses. Not all horses are foodies like us humans are <laughs> and love our feed. Um, one of the biggest things that we have found in testing um, at Purina, they actually do have a palatability barn, and that's all these horses do is they, they work on the palatability of the feed. So when they do come across the picky eaters, what they try to do is they try to possibly add a textured feed to a, palleted, to a pelleted feed. What that does is that's going to add a little bit of sweetness with the molasses and that sometimes we'll get them to eat um, by adding molasses. Applesauce can help. They've also done where they've added water to the feed um, to to make it a lot more palatable for the horse. You know, one thing that when we start finding that a horse is a picky eater, we really need to be cautious not to keep any of the excess feed that's in the horse's feed bucket for quite some time because we could find spoilage and that would just be another circumstance to deal with
0: you touched on uh, textured feed and there's also pelleted feed talk a little mm-hmm. bit about um, the differences in those and does a horse prefer one of those to another one and is there really that big of a difference between the two
1: you know there really is because your your textured feed is more of your whole grain feed You're going to have um, the whole oats, you're going to have more of um, a, um, more grains in it. A a pelleted feed is a concentrated um, formula that is actually put into a little pellet form and that's more of a dry feed. Now there are some oil-based feeds that are considered a wet pellet. The difference between the textured feed is that it is going to have a little bit more molasses in some of them, and it is going to have the whole grains. Some horses prefer that. Some industries prefer that. They feel that if they have a little bit more moisture in their feed, that if they have to add, you know, a supplement, that it's easier to mix. And some horses just do not like the palatability of a textured feed.
0: What about the fat content? You you take a look and you've got everything from 12% to 14% mm-hmm. and there's so many differences. Talk a little bit about fat content and some of the other ingredients that you know horsemen should be aware of uh, or percentages of ingredients that horsemen should be aware of in their feed.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, um high you know a, a high fat diet is can be a, a really positive um part of anybody's feeding program but if you're feeding too high fat of a diet you're not getting your protein levels that you might need and then you're going to have a horse that what we call is spongy where they don't have good muscle development. So you want to make sure that when you have a high fat feed that you are also providing other nutrients like our protein so that we have a good amino acid panel in it. Um, One of the things that they do use a high-fat diet for, which we love to do, is providing calories for weight gain. We love it for performance. Um, Lactating mirrors, it's very useful for that. And also when we're doing getting ready for sales prep, it's a naturally balanced formula that actually has a controlled carbohydrate level. That is a positive when it comes to we want to make sure if we have horses like with PSSM or a like metabolic, we need to be very cautious on how many calories and, or excuse me, how many carbohydrates that we are giving the horse. So that's, you know, one of the the things that you really want to look for in a high fat diet.
0: Now, because some of uh, the horses are not racing in training, you Mm -hmm. talked about high fat and performance. Is it, wise to reduce the, the high fat performance feed and, you know, so they don't have that high energy since they're not burning it off.
1: When horses are turned out, let's say the race horses in particular, that they are turned out. One of the things that we always like to try and reduce is more of a, a calorie, um, a calorie intake, because what, when we're feeding a racehorse, the goal is that we're going to provide adequate fuel for energy we need to make sure that we're replenishing the nutrients required for all their muscle functions and, and to repair the muscles after racing. When that is not in place anymore, we still have to continue to support an optimal health um, through a balanced diet. So what we like to do is we want to focus on providing what we'll re- we want to reduce the calories, but then we also need to make sure that we're providing a balanced diet. One of the products that we like to use if a horse has been turned out or if they're no longer racing and they just have a good hay quality is a ration balancer. And what the ration balancer does is it provides all of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that it, that are going to support a healthy horse without providing the extra calories.
0: During this time of pandemic, money is tight for a lot of people. Is it possible for a horseman to maintain a nutritional diet for their horses on a budget?
1: You know, absolutely. There is, that that can absolutely happen. One thing that we have looked at um, in depth is how much feed we actually waste. If we're not measuring the feed correctly If we're throwing away our hay, you know, if you don't know what you feed your horse daily as far as a budget, um, you would be surprised how much is wasted. So if we can get a feed that is going to provide the optimum health for the horse without spending a lot of money, this can absolutely be achieved. One thing we like to do is when I can come out and do a farm um, consultation with you, we also do, um, we budget how much it costs per day to feed this horse. And even though your feed tag may say $6.42, but you're having to feed 10 times as much per day cost as opposed to a bag that costs $18 per day and you're only maybe spending 30 cents a day per day cost, it makes a big difference. So that's one way we like to educate people is on how to feed a balanced meal, a balanced feed, at an economical price.
0: You talked about coming out to the barn and doing a feed plan with the horseman. What are some of the other services that that you offer at Sintera?
1: Absolutely. So we also do um, horse evaluations. We do barn evaluations. I can do hay testing to see what kind of quality of protein and relative feed value you do have in your hay. That also will help determine what type of feed we want to put in your barn. You know, we also do um, like horse evaluations where I come out and I um, do body condition scoring. Body condition scoring is a tool that I like to use in order to figure out where the horse's needs are. Do we need to add more weight? Do we need to add more protein? Do we need to increase the top line? There's a lot of different um, added values from that body condition score. And one of the other things we like to do is to educate people. Um, We have different programs that we Do um, we? I talk to 4 H groups. We um, can do meetings. We can sit down with every boarder at the barn with the manager and talk about a feeding program. What's going to help?
0: Any other advice that you would have for horsemen during this time as they're working on their feed program and feeding of their horses during the pandemic?
1: I think reaching out to the people in your field that can help you. And what I mean by that is if you don't know, ask the question. I am absolutely um, thrilled when people call me and ask questions because there are things that we may be aware of that you're not. And in order to make this as smooth as we possibly can during the pandemic, reaching out for help and reaching out for advice is – I, I think one of the number one things, you know, reach out to your experts, reach out to Purina, reach out to Buckeye, reach out to the products that you know, um, and, and don't just keep switching just to get the lowest price, because in the long run what's going to happen is it's going to take you a lot longer to recover if you're trying to save money and get a, a unbalanced feed that is not going to help your horse it's going to take you twice as long to recover your horse when racing season does come around.
0: How can someone get in touch with you?
1: I um, have, uh, you can call me and my phone number is 440-321-9996. I also am available via email, which is kgreen at Centeracoop.com.
0: Well, Kathy, thank you very much for joining us today on Top of the Stretch. You had some great information for our horsemen during this tough time, and hopefully we will be back racing sooner than later, and everything can get back to what we're calling the new normal. So, Kathy, again, thank you so much for joining us on Top of the Stretch.
1: Thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me, and I just wish the best to everybody. Stay safe, stay healthy, give me a call if there's anything that I can help you with.
0: Thank you for listening to Top of the Stretch. Top of the Stretch podcasts are a presentation of the Ohio Harness Horseman's Association.